Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. What is happening? Welcome in to the Xander's Facts Podcast. I am the aforementioned Xander. Week of Wednesday, April 7th. Oh, we got a lot to get to. I'm recording this right after the Men's National Championship game, so I'm a little fired up. If you've been listening and you know who I predicted to win that game, we'll get to that in a second. We've also got this week some golf. Uh, Well, golf, but it's Masters Week, so you got to pay attention. Biggest golf major of the year, some say. So, we're going to talk about that. But remember, subscribe, download, rate, and review the Xander's Facts podcast on wherever you're listening to it, here on podcasts, and follow on the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and spread the word, Xander's Facts podcast, and tell all your friends that Xander correctly predicted the national champion in college basketball this season. Because he did. In his bracket. And that is me, Baylor has won the national championship 86 to 70 over Gonzaga and the Bears win their first ever national championship. Sick'em! And let me tell you something. I said it was going to happen last week, so I don't know why you all didn't listen. I said it was going to happen a few weeks ago, but I said, remember last week, I said, Baylor's going to beat Houston in the Final Four. That happened. Gonzaga is going to beat UCLA the Final Four. They did. Oh my gosh. That shot, though. (laughs) But many thought Gonzaga would win this game against Baylor. I did not say that. I said Baylor was going to win. And guess what happened? Baylor won by a surprising margin. 16 points. That's a surprising margin. I said, go listen. Last week, I said it's going to be a surprising margin. But a lot of people thought Gonzaga would win because they're undefeated. They did not win. First loss of the season for the Zags. First off, it's not Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga because they're not the Zogs. They're the Zags. The Bulldogs. But because Gonzaga lost and because they finished with one loss on the season, Indiana, the Indiana Hoosiers back in 1976, are still the only team in the history of college basketball to finish the season undefeated. That's a fact! They won all the regular season games. They won all their tournament games. They won the national championship. The Indiana Hoosiers back in 1976. Bobby Knight. Still the only team to have zero losses in a single season. But Gonzaga was the first team since 1979 to get to the championship game undefeated. That was Indiana State. Like Indiana State, the Sycamores, they had Larry Bird. I mean, they lost to Michigan State with Magic Johnson. That was the most watched college basketball game ever. still is. It was a great game. But Gonzaga falls to the same fate as the Sycamores. They don't get to revel in the glory of the Hoosiers. And Gonzaga, the Bulldogs, lose their first game of the season. As I said, you should have listened. All right, well, hold on. (laughs) 
This is going to be a bragging episode of Xander's Facts, okay? Well, just for a little bit. Because I said Baylor was going to win the championship a few weeks ago. I said that. Well, Baylor was the only Final Four team that I had in. I had Iowa making the championship game with them. Iowa lost in the second round, so that wasn't good. But I had Baylor as my only team remaining once we got to the Final Four. And the others didn't matter. And now you see why. <laughs> because the Baylor Bears, I picked them. Should have listened. Sater's facts. That's my line. I said, remember, back when we had Andrew on the podcast, when we did the whole bracket, I said, Gonzaga, mm, you know, some games I saw this season, they started out slow and they cannot start out slow. And they didn't start out slow for the remaining games of the tournament. But in this game, they did. They struggled early. Baylor came out on fire and fuego. They were rolling. And how about this? Player of the game, Jared Butler, 22 points. The first player since 2003 to have over 20 points and over 7 assists in the national championship game. That player in 2003 was Syracuse's own Carmelo Anthony. I mean, come on, how about that? The Cuse, still coached by Jim Bayheim. Mean, that's crazy. It's the truth. He went perfect for the free throw line, and that was a big thing, too. Because in the first half, when Gonzaga started to claw back at the end of that first half, it was because they had, they made 10 more free throws than Baylor did at the time. But as it turned out, Baylor made one more free throw than Gonzaga did. They went 16 for 18 from the free throw line, Gonzaga went 15 for 22, so Baylor had a much higher free throw percentage. But the big thing was our big boy Mark Vidal on the boards inside. 16 offensive rebounds for Baylor, and 8 of those were by Mark Vidal. Wow! <laughs> That's insane. Gonzaga only had 5. Baylor dominated the rebounding margin. They got 38 rebounds. Gonzaga only got 22. Yikes! They started out hot. And they never trailed. Baylor never trailed in that game. Wire to wire. Big finish. Now, you know, let's not take any credit away from Gonzaga. They almost had a perfect season. I mean, they almost went 32-0. And also, that shot that gave them the opportunity to come to this game back on Saturday in the Final Four when they played UCLA... In overtime, if you haven't seen that shot, oh my god, I don't know what you're doing. But, I mean, major onions, come on! <laughs> With a kiss! Oh my gosh, that was one of the greatest games, greatest shots ever. Bit Gonzaga and UCLA. I mean, that was just incredible. And Baylor dominated Houston pretty well. Baylor is actually the second team since the tournament expanded in 1985 to win the Final Four game, and the National Championship game by more than 15 points. The second team to ever do it since the tournament expanded to what it is now in 1985. Fact! The only other team to do that was actually three years ago, Villanova, back in 2018. When they won the National Championship, they won it by 15 points or more in the National Semifinal and the national championship game. Actually, before 1985, 
there were three other teams that did that. Kansas in 52, Ohio State in 1960, UCLA in 1968. But those teams didn't have to face the gauntlet of the first round, the second round, the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, the National Championship game. Because back then, the NCAA tournament was smaller. They only had to go through a few rounds, less than they do today. Now we've got 64, 68 teams. We had 64 for a while. We just expanded to 68 a few years ago with the first four. But now there's 68 teams, a lot more than there used to be. So now it's a lot more impressive because you've been playing, you know, not just basketball for a couple weeks, but you've been playing great teams. Baylor and Gonzaga were 1v2 in the polls almost all year. And it looked all year, I said this last week, that these were the two best teams in college basketball and it wasn't even close. And it looked that way for most of the year until Baylor had their little... COVID pause, which caused them to lose two games. Baylor could have easily been the second only undefeated team throughout the season if they didn't have that COVID pause. But they did, so, you know, they they lost two games, but that's okay. But, I mean, they won the national championship, so eh, I think they'll take that trade off there. But if you haven't heard the story of Baylor and their basketball program and where it was at when Scott Drew took over in the early 2000s, I mean, I... I won't waste your time, but if you want to, go look. I mean, they were at the bottom of college basketball, of sports, athletics. They were on the verge of the death penalty by the NCAA. It had gotten so bad in Waco for men's basketball. And it's been that way. Baylor's had some troubles in these last two decades with their athletics programs. The football team just had... Bad thing happened that was a couple of years ago with Hart Bryles. And then this, gosh, I mean, it's crazy what Scott Drew inherited uh, 18 or so years ago now. And that they're at this point, 18 years or so now, but just, you know, go research what Baylor basketball came from to get to this point. It's incredible. It's one of the greatest rebuilding, rebounding performances by a coach scott drew in sports history it's absolutely incredible baylor is your national champions and i called it so tell all your friends xander knows what he's talking about so go go tell all your friends xander knows what he's talking about xander's facts podcast that's college basketball college but it's over that was the final game of the season oh no we have to wait until november for more college basketball but that does free up some more time for professional basketball. NBA. Might have to get Hillbilly back on. (laughs) That's college basketball. Let's transition into another sport that you all might not like so much. Golf. Oh, please. Let me tell you something. I've been playing some more golf recently. I had a round today. Did pretty well. Gotta tell you. You know, Starting to come into my own. But it's Masters Week. So after the national championship game on Monday, next few days, you get hype for the Masters. Augusta, Georgia. Oh. Well, Georgia's got... We're not doing politics this week, but Georgia's got that whole thing going with their thing where they can't hand out uh, refreshments and lines to vote and, you know... We'll get into that later, but this is a friendly sports podcast for you all because it is Masters Week, as I said, and we've got a special guest, 
Mason, my bud, he is here. He kn Oh my gosh. So don't tune out because you're about to learn a lot of stuff. He is very, super duper knowledgeable on the sport of golf and the Masters. So here we go. Xander's Facts Podcast continues. Masters week. Here we go. Xander's Facts. Hey guys, so you're probably all annoyed with me telling you all about how great Instacart is. Well, guess what? It is great and awesome, and I'm not going to stop telling you about it because Instacart sets a personal shopper out to deliver your favorite products from local stores to your door in as fast as one hour. I mean, that's amazing. Come on, how about that? Plus, you can choose from a ton of stores around you to always get what you need. So, I mean, come on, what are you waiting for? And how about this? I've got another new promo code for you all. So now through Sunday, April 11th, you can get $10 off your first three orders with a $35 minimum purchase. Like, that is amazing. And all you have to do is use the link in this episode's description, and when you're ordering, enter the promo code 30OFF3NEW. That's 30OFF3NEW. 30OFF3NEW. That's the promo code. Plus, if you're a new customer, you can get free delivery on your first order above $35, but you only have until this Sunday. So use the link right now to get $10 off your first three orders with a $35 minimum purchase. Promo code is only available in the U.S. for new customers only, can be used with any retailer and non-stackable, but can be used on top of free delivery on your first order offer. So go shop without even leaving your home with Instacart today. Zanderspacks! Welcome back to Zander's Facts. I've got Mason here with me, an avid golfer. Mason, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Alex? <laughs> uh, well, I'm amazing because it's Masters Week. I mean... Exactly. It's best week of the year. Best week of the year. I wanted to ask you, uh, because a lot of people say that the Masters is the biggest major in golf. What is your opinion on that? I agree. I mean, normally it's, normally it's in April... So we got the April Masters coming this week. Last year, because of COVID, they had one in like November. And that was pretty weird. But it's cool as a golfer to have two Masters in like a six-month period. But I mean, I think it's definitely the the most exciting to watch. That was definitely strange when it was in November last year. Oh, yeah. I kind of liked it, though. But it still wasn't. Yeah, the course played a lot different because of the difference in season. So that was cool to see. You'd never seen it before. Yeah. And now, but now we've got it back in April. Now we've got that week where you've got the national championship for basketball Monday. And then that same week you've got like, it's the masters. It's like the best week of sports exactly. all year. Grilling week for sports. I mean, it's amazing. So we're recording this Tuesday. So tonight I think is when they have the big, um, the dinner champions dinner. Yep. Yeah. You know about that. In honor and I heard, Johnson. so just Dustin Johnson's the champion. Cause he won it back in November. Yes. I got a fun, I got a fact for you here. Johnson got 20 under par at last November's Masters, which is the record. Yes. For the lowest score. Yeah, he, he was playing some crazy good golf at that point. He seemed like he couldn't be beat. Well, do you think that like that record low score was because of the change and when they played it, how the course played? You know, I don't really know. It's tough to say because they hadn't played in November before. But I remember the greens were still pretty fast. I think 
I mean, the course was obviously in really good condition. They do such a good job with that course. It's like, oh it's pretty unreal. I've got some friends who have gone to see it in person and it's just unreal. But I mean, shooting 20 under par on that course is crazy in any time of the year. Like going to Augusta National, that's like a bucket list item for anybody. Oh, for sure. Like it's unreal. Yeah. You've got to like win a lottery draw to even have the chance to buy tickets. Wow. The, to even watch not even play the course. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right. So I am a little concerned though, because I checked the weather for this weekend and it's not looking so good. What's it look like? So Thursday. All right. So each day it's like highs in the seventies and eighties. So that's fine. But Thursday, there's a 40% chance of storms. Friday, there's 52% chance. Saturday, there's a 60% chance. And su- Sunday's only 30%. Ooh. But that's, uh, that's, that's not good. There might be some rain delays going on. Mm. No. I re- what was it? 2019. It was the year Tiger won. Yeah. I remember they had the final round in like the morning. It started like 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really like that. Like waking up. And it was cool because that was the Tiger Revenge one, which was oh, awesome. I mean, to see. that was the the craziest comeback ever. Although now he's not even at the Champions Dinner right no, now. No, because he had that accident back oh, yeah. on back in February in Los Angeles. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you because apparently it's like super serious. What happened? So do you think that he's ever going to be able to play at least professionally again? I think he definitely could play professionally again based on the injuries I think I was seeing that it could be like two or three years before he really can can play competitively again but at that point I don't even know if it's worth it to go back and try the PGA Tour again it might be time to either try the Champions Tour or just like hang it up and hang out with his son and let him grow I don't even know if it's worth it you know kind of end on a high note after his comeback yeah. He's 45. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I found the oldest Masters champion ever was Jack Nicholas at 46. Mm. So uh, I think it's definitely possible for Tiger to come back. It just depends on, honestly, whether he's capable of doing it based on his yeah. recovery and if he wants to, if it's worth it for him. That's the like, if he wants to. That's the big thing. Another thing with Jack Nicholas, he has won the most Masters out of any player. He's won six. six? Tiger's won five. Yeah. So, I mean, does Tiger want to get that six? Oh, That's true. Yeah. yeah. There's not too many things that Tiger doesn't own in the game of golf. So, And I guess that's probably one of them. That is true. And he's one of the youngest Masters champions ever. I don't have that stat in front of me, but he's back when he won it in the 90s. 90 five or something let's see it was 97 97 he won it i don't know if he was the youngest it might be spieth when he won it a couple years ago oh it must have been pretty close speaking of speed mm, i saw that tournament this weekend the win i mean that was his first win in like 1351 days or something like that wow wow yeah like, well, back when he won at the Masters in 2015, like, you know, he was, they were talking about him being the next Tiger. Like, he was rolling, and he's exactly. struggled recently. I'm hoping for a big week at the Masters for him. I think he can do it. He's playing well right now. Yeah, he just got that. It was the Valero Texas Open. It, yep. Where he got 
First one. He one. got 18 under. Ooh. He actually got 18 under at the Masters in 2015, which at the time was a course record. Oh, was it really? Until Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was 21. 21. He played oh, really young. He played in his first Masters at 19. Okay. That might be the youngest. I mean, that's insane. He might have still been an amateur golfer then. Possibly. Yeah, he might have been able to go because he won the U.S. Amateur. Like, they've got a couple players in the field this week of the Masters who are amateur golfers, like Tyler Strafacci, who won the U.S. Amateur, and then Ali Osborne Mm. from SMU, who was the runner-up at the U.S. Amateur. They both get to compete this week. Ooh. So how do amateurs – so amateurs are like – they're put into the whole field, right? They don't have their own separate tournament. Well, they they play – they play in the field, but they've got like an award they can win for low amateur. So I think there might be like four or five amateurs that usually get the chance to compete at Augusta. And like the, the person who has the lowest score out of them wins low amateur, but obviously they can't win any money or anything to keep their amateur status. So it's, it's more about the experience for them. So Andy Ogletree was the one who won it last year. Yep. Andy Ogletree. He got, two under, which was tied for 34th. And it looks like the highest one has ever gotten, or the three people have gotten second. I think Andy Ogletree beat John Augustine in the U.S. Amateur the year before the last one. Ooh. And that's how he got into the Masters. So can you only be an amateur once, and then you have to go up? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm like sure. I'm, I'm looking at that right now. Shambot DeChambeau was the amateur who won in 2016. He's also playing some really good golf. Ooh. Well, he's he's got that crazy swing. He's in the game, he's putting on all that muscle. Like I was, I saw a video of him today at practice, and he just goes, "Oh, when like he it's was, crazy." That was, that was him on the range yesterday. I think he was. Yeah. He does this like speed drill where he just hits balls back to back. To back. <laughs> and VJ Singh was just watching him and laughing. Cause it's, it's just, insane. I mean, you never see anybody do that. Yeah. Like that's incredible. Tiger won the amateur in 95. Oh, okay. He got five over. So that was the first time he played in the masters. I think so. Gotcha. But three people have gotten two over or they've gotten second. The last one who did it, though, was Charles Coe, 1961. Oh, wow. So it, it's been a while. Yeah. It looks like the trend recently is they haven't gotten very far. But back in the day, when they probably didn't have as many people playing. I think the big thing for them is trying to make the cut. You know, if they can make the cut and play mm-hmm. on the weekend, have two more days playing at Augusta, that's huge. That's, that's the dream. Oh, yeah. I mean, so... Back in the day, so the first Masters was held in 1934, and the champion was Horton Smith. I didn't know that. And he won (laughs) $1,500. So last year, Dustin Johnson won $2,070,000. That's a big fact. Crazy. That's almost 100 years, but that's still a huge difference. Oh, yeah. All right, so what else are you thinking about going into this Masters week? What other stats have caught your eye? Well, honestly, the the betting odds this week, I think Dustin Johnson is favored to win 
but I haven't seen like a ton out of him lately. The the big story this week has been Jordan Spieth, you know, like not having won for so long. I think this was his first win as a husband, which is kind of neat. Uh, um, yeah. But it's just been so long since he's won, but he's playing so well. He's hitting his irons so well. I think he could have a chance. Uh, Justin Thomas has been playing really well. He seems like he's just always got a chance. Xander Shoffley, too. He's one of those guys where when he's in the majors, he's just always up at the top at some point. Xander. Him win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he spells it wrong, though. But Yeah, okay. yeah. Xander Shoffley. Uh, but Dustin Johnson, I mean, he's just so – he's really underrated, honestly. Like, he's been playing so well, but a lot of people think he's, like, not very smart. But because he's got this very, like, relaxed vibe to him. But honestly, he's so, so dedicated to the game and just works so hard. And he's so, like, physically talented that he's really hard to beat when he plays well. But also Bryson hitting the ball so far right now. Oh, yeah. He can take some different lines on the course and get a couple advantages. So if he's hitting the ball straight, he's been putting and chipping so well that it could we could break 20 under this week. I don't know. Wow. Wow. I, it. I don't know. That's the thing with him though, because he can hit it far, but I mean, you gotta hit it straight. Like if you go out exactly. way out into the rough, that's doesn't help you. Yeah, I think he played in the November Masters and I mean, he was having a huge advantage on this one par five. He could take it over the trees and he only had like a pitching wedge in or something. And he ended up making like seven mm-hmm. and he had come out the week before and said like, Oh, Augusta national is like a par 69 for me. Like I don't even have to take all the shots. Like it's just so much shorter for me. I get such an advantage. And then I think he, he probably made the cut, but he didn't play very well. So he struggled. There was like a, rumor that he was he wasn't feeling well or something yeah I did hear about that but I don't know I think I think he could do well this week it'd be cool to see any of those guys win honestly so if Johnson won he would be the first back-to-back champion since Tiger in 01 and 02 01 and 02 were the those were the Tiger years for sure Oh, oh yeah he seemed unbeatable but I don't know. Dustin Johnson, when he's playing well, seems pretty unbeatable too. So you mentioned the odds. I have those pulled up actually. Yeah. So I've got the odds from FanDuel. So Johnson and DeChambeau are tied for first. They've got 10 to 1 odds. And right. then Spieth and Justin Thomas have 11 to 1. So I guess they're tied for second. Yeah. But that, I mean, was Justin Johnson really favored going into last year? I mean, um, that's a good question. He was probably somewhere up there because I feel like he's always he's always got a chance to win. So he's not. Yeah, he's hard to bet against in golf, honestly, because he's always always got a chance to win. So I don't know if he would have been favored to win, but he definitely would have been up there. All right, other guys: John Rom, thirteen to one. He just had a baby, or his wife had a wow. baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I think either during this week or like last weekend. Oh, wow. Well, that might, mm, I don't know. He's, yeah. he's a really smart player. Yeah. Like his, his knowledge of golf is so good. I think, I mean, he made a switch from TaylorMade to Callaway, which was kind of unexpected. Um, Cause TaylorMade's got this huge, like media shoot they do with all those players. Cause they've got like Rory McIlroy, um, mm. Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, 
uh, Tiger, DJ, and then they had Rom and Callaway picked him up. He hadn't been playing as well since then, but uh, he's also such a good player. There's, there's some guys like it's obviously incredibly hard to win on the PGA tour, but some of these guys just make it look so easy when they're playing well. It just seems like they're always in the top 10 and Rory had a streak of top fives for a while. And so, I I mean, all of those guys I could realistically see winning for sure. So Rory's got Rory's next, he's got 19 to one odds, but I've heard he's struggled recently. Is he one of those who hasn't been doing so well? Honestly, what's interesting about him is like the game of golf in the past was all about, you know, hitting it straight, keeping it in play and then, hitting good wedge shots and making putts. But what's interesting about him is he he's a smaller guy, but he hits it super far, but he's not very good with his wedges. So he could have a hundred mm-hmm. yards and you'd expect a tour player to be with inside 10 feet every time. And he could like miss the green. And he also has, he just doesn't putt that well. So when he's oh. making putts and, you know, hitting good wedge shots, I mean, he's a really good player. It's just he's been kind of hit or miss with his short game the past couple of years. So, all right. So after Rory, Patrick Cantley at 20 to 1, Xander Schauffele, I, I might want him to win, even though he spells his name wrong, <laughs> at 25 to 1. And then Kepka at 28 to 1. Haven't seen much out of Kepka lately. No. He was playing so well last year, but he's had some injuries and he's had to withdraw from some events. I'm not sure what's what's going on with him, but. He's pretty unstoppable when he plays well, too. So Kepka won the U.S. Open in 2017 and 18, and then he won the PGA Championship in 2018 and 2019. Which, uh, So he became the first golfer in history to hold back-to-back titles in two majors simultaneously. That's a fact! Wow. But that, that was a couple years ago. That's pretty incredible. So, no, I mean, is that about that Sanders fact? <laughs> but... You know, now, as you say, he's struggling a little bit. He's such a good player. I think at one point or another, he's going to kind of make a comeback. And not to say that he's, you know, kind of had a downfall or anything. I think he just had some injuries going on and hasn't been playing as well. But, um, I mean, he's a pretty dangerous player, too. Do you think he could rebound like Spieth is kind of right now? I think he could, for sure. I think Spieth was a... you know, Spieth had such a big fan base because he was playing so well. It seemed like he was winning mm-hmm. all the time. He was a young player. And then it, would, it was just so long. Like, he was considered one of the best putters. And people thought he was going to be the next Tiger Woods. And he just seemed like he made every putt. And then he putted yeah. terrible for a couple of years and didn't hit the ball very well. So his comeback was kind of awaited by a lot of people. Kepka has, has only been off for a couple months, but... I think people would still be really excited if he started to play well again. All right. So with all that final prediction, Mason, who do you have winning this year's masters? Mm. You know, that's really tough because I like a lot of these players, but just based off of, I'm going to say Bryson DeChambeau. Whoa. Because just the Mm. he's made in the past year. And first of all, his long game has changed like crazy. I mean, he's bombing the ball. He hits it far, and he hits it pretty straight most of the time. But what most people tend to look past is how good he putts. Like, he had a streak where he didn't miss a putt inside nine feet, and it was, I mean, it was like a tour record, I believe. 
but he he's just uh, so underrated when it comes to short game. I think if he can keep the ball in play, he's got a really good chance of winning. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. I mean, I told you all, Mason is super knowledgeable on the sport of golf. I mean, come on. Incredible. All right. Well, hold on. So what makes you qualified to talk about all this first off, Mason? Because I just got, <laughs> you know, people are like, well, I got this random guy on here talking about golf. But I mean, you got to give your qualifications here. Well, I've been playing golf for about four years now, which isn't that long, but uh, I'm currently a plus three handicap. So like the first time I played golf, I shot like a 120. And then with, within six months, I had broken 80, which a lot of people struggle to do in their lifetime. So I'm pretty proud of that. But uh, I mean, actually, just yesterday, I won the district championship we had. I was wow. runner up at the state championship. Uh, about to go to college to play golf. I've spent a spent a lot of hours on the golf course, a lot of hours learning about golf. So, well, you're going to go for the state champ this year, right? Oh, we're going for it. Oh, uh, of course. Like two weeks away. After so. All right, Mason. Before we go, do you have anything else to say? Anything else to promote out there? What are you doing? So I've got a golf media page called Scratch and Hack at Scratch and Hack on Instagram. And it's basically just a golf media business based upon me, a scratch golfer, and my buddy who's like a 40 handicap. He's a brand new golfer. Uh, and it's it's his journey learning how to play golf and my journey as a, as a better golfer teaching him to play golf and playing golf on my own and my journey. Uh, so it's interesting. It's a lot of fun. So check it out for sure. Xander's facts follows that account. It is Xander approved. There you go. Like it is amazing. Go follow scratch and hack. All right, Mason, final thoughts, even though you already gave your uh, prediction. I think it's going to be a fun week to watch. I think we've got a lot of good players playing really well uh, coming up to this event. And I think it makes it that much more exciting that Spieth won this last week back in the winner's circle. Got a lot of confidence. I think this is going to be one of the more exciting masters we've had. Well, I'm excited and I'm not usually excited to watch golf, but I mean, it's master's week. Come on. You got to watch. Exactly. Really like, exciting. This one of the year. All right, Mason. Thank you so much for being on the Xander's facts podcast. Thank We're going to have, have to check back and see if your prediction's right. All righty. Sounds good. I mean, Xander Shawville. He's got the name. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. This is Xander's facts. All right. Thanks again to Mason for being on. I mean, what did I tell you? The man knows golf, and he's really good. So, listen, I mean, if DeChambeau wins. So we had. So I picked Baylor to win the national championship back when the tournament started. They did. If Mason gets that DeChambeau pick, I mean, come on. Xander's facts. These are facts. <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. That is it. For this week, Xander's Facts Podcast, episode 10. Appreciate you all listening. Remember to subscribe, download, rate, and review. Follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Xander's Facts. Scratch and hack on Instagram. Follow that too. And spread the word. Xander's Facts Podcast has the facts. It does. (laughs) They're real. Baylor. I'm never going to get over that. But next week, ooh, I got something brewing for you next week. We're going to introduce a brand new segment. It's that we've already recorded it's pretty exciting it's pretty irritating i think you all will like it but next week tune in brand new segment and we're going to talk about some other stuff i don't even know
We'll, we'll, I don't know. we'll see. All right, that wraps up this week's edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast, episode 10. Thank you all for listening. We will see you all next week.